Side chat. Hannah Smith LaFriends. Roadside Shaman. Open Lines Radio. Art Bell is Dead. If I just list all of the subjects without any connecting phrases, is it still English? I don't know. I think that's why I haven't recorded anything the past couple days. I've been having a hard time with English. I've been doing a lot of stuff non-verbally. I've been doing stuff, I've been doing a lot of stuff outside of language. Um, I, I am a hyperlexic person. Hyperlexic means, uh, I don't know, maybe if you guys are familiar with the word of the word dyslexic, dyslexia sort of like the opposite of that or a variance of that I, I don't know how to describe it basically I'm my brain is highly tuned for pattern seeking especially symbolical patterns like language 
like words and letters. So it's like I can't not read something if I'm around text. If I see words, it just sort of pours into my eyes. Um, I'm always hearing for patterns in words and listening for words and language. It's very distracting for me. Even like song lyrics in English, if I'm trying to concentrate, sometimes I can find um, music with English lyrics to be distracting. And so I'll play things that are either instrumental or have um, another language spoken. Oh, my coffee is so nice and hot. I love good hot coffee in the morning. It is morning where I am right now. I'm recording this. It's the still of the house before anyone rises. Saturday morning. Saturday. November 3rd means it's the last day my child will be 12 years old. They're turning 13 tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Talk about a time warp. So that's part of the reason why I haven't been able to put anything into the ether. <laughs> Submitting things into that magical folder that makes it go out into the universe somehow. I haven't been able to do that because I've been so engaged with, you know, daily life, of course. That's always, a, it's a busy time of the week the past couple of days. My Wednesday, Thursday is like, my Wednesday, Thursday is always crowded and, and uh, full of activities and, and obligations. And then <coughs> Fridays, oftentimes also, that's where, oh, <coughs> excuse me, a big yawn and then a cough and everything. Um, on Fridays, often we have therapy um, for my son. Uh, it's like a family therapy. It's called Relationship Development Intervention, RDI. Um, we have that on Fridays, oftentimes. So I just had three days in a row, back to back, just full plate and so every time I thought I had something running through my mind that would be interesting to file I was surrounded by noise and chaos not able to record um, I mean sure I could have sat here and talked into the cacophony but you y'all would have found it unlistenable with all the background noise So it's like most things <clears throat> that I seem to set myself as an expectation or a challenge, <clears throat> that act of reactance immediately pops up and says, no, don't do that. <laughs> you said you were going to, that's why you shouldn't. So I'm coming up against a little bit of that. I think that that must be part of the component. But mostly I think it's just the act of listening to everything that's streaming through open lines and hearing so many things said that now I don't have to say it because somebody else already said it. Like I don't have to, in no sense in being uh, repetitive. I mean, synchronicity and repetition are very important. We're kind of like in a balanced dance between repetition and novelty. If you're familiar with Terence McKenna's work, he is very uh, infatuated with this idea of the, the tension between repetition and novelty. I personally meditate a lot on iteration, on the idea that something exactly the same, but just one thing is a little bit off. Um, I believe the human is, the human being is an iterative process. I feel like the human being is an iterative process. We, we're all the same. 
we are all the same but we have opportunities to live things out differently and to change perspectives in order to understand our understand in in order to expand our understanding The human being is an iterative process. So, you know, I hear someone make my joke. I don't need to repeat it. I hear somebody make my profound point. I don't need to say it again. It's recorded. You can play it, play it back. Run it back, guys. I mean, that's the awesomeness of this magic of digital recording that it is captured and it can be disseminated it can be fractaled out into a million different iterations of experiencing it can be played again and translated into another human being another iterative process and they take their spin on it I had this really bizarre experience with resonance because you know there's this whole idea of like take what resonates with you and leave the rest you know don't yuck someone's yum you know filling your plate from the spiritual buffet and you want to put a little hinduism and asceticism and uh buddhism on your plate fine you you're filling your plate you want to put a little mysticism a little wiccan and a little uh, um, animism, fine. Like, don't yuck someone's yum, okay? It's not your plate. Nobody can put anything on your spiritual plate that you didn't put. Like, you fill your own plate. People can try to put stuff on your plate, and if you're polite, you can let it sit there until you walk away and then you scrape it in the trash. <laughs> you know, if it's a really stinky, objectionable sp spiritual concept or belief, that you don't even want touching your plate, move your plate out of the way, don't let them put it on you. You can dodge, you can duck, you can say, no, thank you. That's not in alignment with me. I'm allergic to that spiritual belief. Don't talk about it around me. It triggers me, it causes anaphylaxis in my third eye. <laughs> uh, my throat chakra starts closing up. If somebody comes at me with that kind of spiritual bullshit just don't put it on my plate oh my gosh what a ramble I swear I had a point in the beginning of that sentence or that dalliance whatever you want to call that little verbal envisioning I think that the point is I'm hearing our deep synchronicity and I'm finding a bit shocking and there's so much that resonates that when I hear something discordant, it's, it's, it's shocking as I've said that so many times, but that's the only word I can come up with for the sensation I feel. It happened to me really strongly a couple times listening to Mark do stream of consciousness and he'll mention something that's you know, upsetting to him and he'll sound really angry for a minute. I'll be like, that's, that doesn't sound like who I know. Or he'll say something um, uh, political and, and like the judgment or the anger comes up and I go, oh boy, you know, why are we talking about that? Let's not talk about it. And then I just, I just sit and I let the wave pass through and I hear him keep talking and he self-resolves. He shifts his own mindset. He shifts his own thinking into something more affirming, or, or he lets it go and says, I, I don't need to focus on that. Like, you can watch, you can hear each of us individually in our own heart space, in our own mind, in our own consciousness, working through those triggers, working through those difficult moments and thoughts and releasing them. I had a similar moment listening to uh, Between Blue Worlds, Angela's podcast. I think it was one of the first or second shows that they were doing and I think I was, I was listening live because I didn't have the ability to like pause or play back and I didn't hear all of what was said but it was something about like they started to say like that they liked Trump or they liked something about Trump 
and I was in a really like just not in the mood to hear anything positive about that individual <laughs> and it was just, so I just said nope and I've gone back and listened to all their podcasts but I haven't found that moment so I don't know if it was an artifact of my imagination or if like universe is protecting me from rehearing that bit because it was so triggering I don't know but all I do know is that I've listened to you know hours at this point but by, by this point it's multiple hours of content from this person and felt deeply comforted and and encouraged and enlightened and informed and amused and entertained and you know I felt all of these things and I haven't heard that moment so <clears throat> I just have been thinking about this whole idea of like first impressions and how much grace we give people we love who who use words that are um, not in alignment with us or who talk about concepts that trigger us like depends on how much relationship we have somebody whether or not we're willing to give them another go whether we're willing to listen to them a little bit more deeply you know lean in so to speak and with this example it wasn't my personal knowing of Angela. It wasn't my friendship with her that kept me listening. In this case, it was a sense of spiritual solidarity and, and wanting to support new voices on our, on our platform, you know, the Open Lines Radio, we really wanting to encourage people to speak up. I believe in that <clears throat> vision. I believe in that vision of all of us speaking our stories. I really encourage you to work through whatever little barriers, buffers, technical limitations, cognitive limitations, emotional limitations, spiritual limitations, psychological limitations, whatever limitations are keeping you from speaking your stories, try to work around them or through them so that you can get your stories told. Your ancestors are crying out to have their stories told and they can only be told if you speak them. So that is your legacy. Speak your stories. It's a gift to, it's your gift to the universe. Speak your stories. It's your gift to the universe. So anyways, the point is I could have taken that one comment. I could have taken that one moment and said, "Nah." This new book between Blue Worlds show, I guess it's not my bag. I'll, I'll skip it. You know? Like, I could have just not bothered. But instead, I got curious and I said, well, what was it that they were starting to say? Why did they say they liked Trump? Or why did I hear that they said that they liked Trump? Or what did they say that they liked about Trump? Like, maybe I like that about Trump too. Is there anything that I like about Trump? Hmm. Do I even want to hold that question in my consciousness? Or do I find it immediately so... Like, I don't even want to ask myself that question. My body just goes into convulsions, even asking, what do I like about Trump? I like that, um, I like that he exists because he exists. And I believe that everything exists, exists because it exists. And so I don't judge it or demand that it not exist. I just accept it for being there as part of the universe. I accept him for being there as part of the universe the same way I accept, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't c compare him to anything natural because it all feels like a desecration to associate him with anything else other than himself. So um, anyways, yeah, I don't know. It's a very uncomfortable question. But is that the only thing about this person? Is that the only thing about me? And why should that be a division between us if we have points of unity and so many other factors? I'm like, I don't know the answer to that question, but I know that I kept listening. I didn't stop listening because I heard one thing that made me uncomfortable. I pushed through that discomfort. I rose above that discomfort. I slid under that discomfort. I walked around that discomfort. 
I felt the discomfort. I let the discomfort go. And I listened more deeply. I leaned in. And I still, I mean, okay, so I'm a busy person. I haven't like gone back methodically and re-listened to every single episode, hunting down, trying to find that exact clip of the, of the show. I haven't done that. But what I have done is listened to a lot of Open Lines Radio over the past few weeks. Like basically in my, quote, free time, in my listening time, if I'm not recording an episode, I'm listening to someone else's content. There's so much available now that it's like, I, I'm, I always have something new to listen to. I, I don't think I've heard everything that's played through the radio, through the open lines radio. I've tried, I've tried to keep up with everything, but it's tough. You know, you miss one every once in a while. So, yeah, I leaned in. I listened more deeply. And I'm grateful for it because I'm really getting a lot out of the, the conversational flow and the transparency and vulnerability of the people contributing to Open Lines Radio. I... I love the curation that Mark and Holly have done because of the previous um, content, all these interviews that they have, that they did at the safe camp, that they did at Hobo Safe Camp. Um, that virtual campfire is still flickering and burning. People are still pulling up a chair. People are still, you know, throwing another marshmallow on on the fire. They they're gathering and so I hear those stories being spoken I hear the tenderness I hear the relationships I hear the synchronicity that's for sure for sure for sure and certain but you know what I hear most of all this is what I hear most of all I hear Mark and Holly who just say yeah, keep, keep telling me. Tell me more. Yeah, I'm hearing that. Say more about that. Oh, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Yes, keep going. Yes, keep talking. Yes, keep speaking. Yes, keep playing. Yes, tell me more. Tell us more. I love this. I want to hear more. I have heard those phrases or similar phraseology from those two humans more times than I can count. They're so deeply curious so deeply encouraging, so deeply judgment-free. They really do encourage people to speak up and share from their authentic selves. And so the wisdom that's accumulating around them, the compassion and love and generosity that's accumulating around them is just, I mean, it's quite a sight to see. It's quite a experience to be collaborating within I mean I just I think about them all the time I listen to the different shows all the time Soraya the Great is on the other side of the country from me I think I think she's in a different time zone and yet so much of the time <laughs> throughout my day I find myself going I bet that they just dealt with that situation or I wonder how they're feeling about this going on or did they hear that that happened? You know what I mean? Like this is somebody I've never met personally. I've messaged a few times on Instagram, um, but we're not quote friends. Like we met and hang out and had pizza together. You know, we're like, part of this divine spiritual cohort of, uh, you know, yackers and gabbers. And so we have a resonance and a connection, but why, what is that? It's so essential. 
It is in our essence. It's a connection that's from our essence. I'm connected to the essence of Soraya. I'm connected to the essence of Mark and Holly. I'm connected to the essence of Angela. I'm connected to the essence of Deborah Mars. I'm connected to the essence, the essence, the essence, the essence of all of these beautiful beings. And they're connected to my essence. <coughs> Our spiritual natures is the portal through which we all connect. It's the path by which we all find one another. It's the string through which we're all connected. It's the web into which we are all woven. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Very, very early in the morning. Got some early morning phlegm for you. Got some early morning drive time phlegm. Only it's not drive time because it's Saturday. And for some reason people don't consider Saturday and Sunday work days. Even though for me they typically have been days filled with some of the most work. I, I definitely am slipping into galactic time, that's for sure. I think that in galactic time the first day of the week is Wednesday. Because I def definitely feel like, like it's the first day of the work week. You know what I mean? Like the first day of the week, like Sunday in our corollary would be Tuesday. But the first day of the work week in the galactic time is Wednesday. Because I don't know why, but it just feels that way. And so, like, I feel like Wednesday and Thursday, I'm, like, full work. And Friday is, like, even more. Friday feels like my Friday, you know? And by Saturday, I'm like, oh, my gosh, can I get out of here and go do something different? But usually not. Usually it's something like, you know, chores or I'm so decapitated from, like, my weirdo body problems that like I just have to spend the day in bed sleeping or um you know in the bathtub doing Epsom salt baths like oftentimes Saturday is spent with healing work on myself or someone else Sunday is often community time but uh oh excuse me <clears throat> The point is, these rhythms of the work week, they're internal, but they flow with other people's weeks and other people's systems and other people's days. It's like, how many times have you heard someone say, you know, maybe they work a shift schedule, maybe they're a nurse or firefighter or something like that, um, or maybe they just work retail and have a somewhat semi-consistent schedule and they'll come up to you and you'll be chatting or whatever and they'll say, yeah, they'll say, yeah, this is my Friday, man. I'm so excited. I have two days off tomorrow. I have two days off coming up, right? <laughs> and it's like those two days are Tuesday and Wednesday or those two days are, you know, I don't know, whatever. Any two days that aren't literally the weekend but they take their weekend at that time. They create weekend space. They keep, create Sabbath mindset. They, you know, they do the, the weekend activities that most people would be doing on the weekend. And they just happen to take care of theirs in the work week because they're doing their workaday stuff on the weekend when we're all weekending. So it all balances out is the point. And we're all always on our own time, but that time enmeshes and unfolds and impacts the collective time the galactic time I don't know I I don't know why I'm randomly mentioning that except for oh yeah because daylight savings time that's why I'm talking about this so we do a lot of stuff to sicken our bodies and as far as behaviors and time is one of those behaviors the observe observation of time the measurement of time it used to be a mysterious thing you know only certain people were gifted knowledge of the seasons and the time and the passing of days and years and the counting. 
it wasn't really for everybody. Everybody didn't need to know, you know, their days were pretty much the same. They had like some festival days, but like people would let them know. They'd be like, Hey, festival tomorrow. Gotcha. <clears throat> you know, like we got festival coming up in three weeks. Start weaving your baskets. Okay. Thanks. Like <clears throat> it was that kind of stuff. It wasn't like where everybody has like a little calendar from the dollar store hanging on their wall or an app on their phone you know, with like 80 appointments scheduled in it. We're not aware of the actual movement through the time-space continuum because we're trapped in this false matrix of Gregorian calendar. Period. So look at lawoftime.org. Mm, or look at like 13 moons on a turtle's back lunar time is where it's at lunar time <coughs> follow the moon 13 moons I've said it before you guys have heard me go on and on about the moon I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig in too deep this time but I'm just gonna tell you 13 moons not 12 months 13 moons. Don't let somebody take a month of your life away every year. They rob you of a month of your life every year. And, and let me tell you something about daylight savings time. Daylight savings time almost killed my auntie and my mom. Like, it just... The increase of heart attacks during the transitions between... Um, daylight savings time either way or car accidents like there's a marked increase statistically in car accidents heart attacks strokes like different types of stress related conditions are triggered during that window because it's not natural to all of a sudden one day move all of your daily activities of life in any direction by an hour it's too sharp of a shift Humans aren't designed to work that way. And we're fooling ourselves by thinking that we can outthink our biology. We can think to work and support our biology, but we can't think to countermand it like that. Not, not forever, not with good health consequences. We can use mind over matter, including our own biological functions and needs, to achieve great things and to, you know have experiences but that doesn't mean it's good for us in the long run it doesn't mean that it's sustainable it might not be sustainable it is not sustainable so the point is don't do it <laughs> I guess that's the point the point is The clocks are switching tomorrow, and that's probably why I'm so <clears throat> focused on talking about time right now, is because it's about to have a significant impact on all of us. <sighs> but seriously, why do we do this shit? Why do we change the clocks? Why do we pretend it's a different time than it is? It's nonsense, and we agree to do it. I heard on the ballot in California we might be ending it. That we at least are going to have it on the ballot to talk about putting it on the ballot to end it. I think it's the way it was explained to me. Because voting. Oh my God. What's the quote about voting I heard? If it made any difference, they, would, they wouldn't let you do it. I think that's why there's so much voter suppression going on in the South right now. Because they know that it can make a difference. I, I think voting is just like using your voice. People say, I don't vote because it basically is telling people wh how to live their life or what rules to follow or what law. And I'm like, no, not really. It's more like squaring our dictionaries. We're all agreeing what things are okay in general for the public or for, you know, most circumstances and there's exceptions to every rule and there's grace and forgiveness for anything that 
uh, is too great a burden to bear, you know, but understanding where we are on stuff, it's like, it's the biggest poll survey that we have is when we actually cast our ballots, we figure out where we are as a nation, because you know what? We figured out where we were as a nation when Trump got elected. We figured out that we weren't a country of hatred and bigotry and division on the surface, maybe, but that's what our underbelly was. That was the current running through us. That was the fears of America came front and center when he was elected. The fear consciousness of America that's what got him elected and that's what is on display right now and so if we really want to cast out fear with perfect love love's the only thing we can cast out fear fear is not overcome by more strength fear is not overcome by more power fear is not overcome by more weaponry more plans more strategic maneuvers. Fear is not overcome by any of those things. Fear is overcome by love and compassion and understanding that that thing that you're afraid of is the thing that you are and you are generating and putting out there. There's no monster under your bed. It's just your old toys and shoes and clutter and dust bunnies that you didn't pick up, you know, the way your mom told you to. It's your own guilt scaring you. <laughs> it's guilt threatening to bite your ankles of your chores undone. Guilt over your neglected chores. That's the monster under your bed. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyways, I don't, I don't really cotton to that idea that you know, spiritual people shouldn't vote or evolved people shouldn't vote or enlightened people shouldn't vote because it's, you know, karma or bondage or choosing for others or any of those things. It's not any of that, y'all. Y'all are talking yourself out of doing voting because voting's inconvenient. Voting's work. It's your civic duty. It's, and I don't say duty. We don't have duty. I live free. Yeah, whatever. Okay? I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just saying, for me, as a human living in this construct, it's helpful for me to understand the types of humans that I'm around and what everybody is working towards so that we can have points of agreement and we can join forces to do, you know, more of what we all want done. If we communicate those ideas to one another, we can get more done of what we all want to get done. So I encourage you to vote. There's early voting going on in a lot of states. Um, in many states, I think even in California, I believe, in many states, you can register up to and even on the day of the election. Um, so, yeah. I think vote.org has information um, on how you can figure out how to vote if you're not if you're not registered yet or if you don't know where to go or what your procedures are. I believe if you go to vote.org they can line all that up for you. Um, so yeah, I mean I I would encourage you to use your voice because that's all it is. Your vote is your voice. They're just asking your opinion. And they're, and they're saying, if you had your druthers, and if you don't know what druthers is, it's a contraction for I'd rather. If you had your I'd rathers, if you had your I'd rathers, if you had your druthers, what would you like to see materialize in our society? Because humans are social creatures and we have societies. So if you're going to live in a society, please speak up and tell us what you want your society to be. Otherwise, go 
be out of society. Go be in the jungle, in the woods, in the mountain, in the desert, in the ocean, in the fields, in the hills and valleys. Be not with the brotherhood and sisterhood and siblinghood of humanity. Because humans are social creatures and we have to live in balance and equanimity with one another. And we have free will, but our free will ends at the boundaries of our cellular walls. It ends at our energetic field. That's where our free will ends. And their free will begins. So using your voice is just about filling up the entirety of your territory. It's claiming all of your territory within your field. Using your vote, using your voice is about saying all of this here is me and mine and what I feel and what I believe. It's taking all of your authority and speaking it and saying this is what I'm in alignment with. This is what I'm about. It firms up your edges. It solidifies things. If nothing else, it's a great cognitive process for you to do, do self-evaluation. Do you know how many times I've had deep moments of like spiritual epiphany filling out my ballot? Because I'm torn between, ooh, a male Democrat or a female Republican candidate. And I don't know anything about either of them. And so I just sort of have to go through those two big filter box sorters in my mind and guess my intuition and go which name sounds nicer or like then I start looking at things like well this one says that they're an incumbent so that means they've been fucking shit up for a while and this one says they're new so maybe they are going to bring something new like those types of like questions and, and, and ponderings they hit us there when we're confronted with them they're they go deep. They're like little splinters in our minds sometimes, you know, like, I don't know. Should we end the death penalty? How do I feel about that? Do I want there to be a death penalty anymore? I don't know. How do I feel about, you know, these nonviolent crimes no longer having prison time? Do I want to end that? Do I want to sustain it? How do I feel about... Um, voter ID laws. I'm going to pass a law that says I want to make sure that you have this really, you know, elaborate identification to uh, prove your existence to the construct before you're allowed to cast your ballot, speak your voice. That's what, that's what I want to tell you to vote. I want to tell you to vote for all the people that are disenfranchised. And I'm not just talking about the people that are disenfranchised now because fuck that, whatever, you know. People are still disenfranchised. We're trying. We're doing the best apparently humanity can at the moment. So vote for the people who who couldn't ever have a even chance to vote in their entire lifetime. Vote for your grandmother, your mother, your great grandmother. Vote for your uncle, cousin, brother. Vote for all of the unnamed ancestors who've dwelled before us who lived under authoritarian rule and never were given the chance to vote because they weren't seen as citizens you know slaves weren't allowed to vote in any society that I'm aware of I mean even in the societies that claim to be evolved and to treat their citizens and their subjects and their slaves with you know, dignity and balance and, you know, like Rome, for instance. Rome had a pretty good reputation back in the day. They couldn't vote. <laughs> Sit down. We don't need to hear from you. We're not interested in your opinion. And there are still people today, to this day, who fill out their ballot for their spouse because they think that they have the right to or think that they should or the spouse doesn't want to bother and so like literally that's some random dude getting two votes because their their wife doesn't have enough internal authority to expand within the territory of her own household even to say like she can't even claim her own side of the bed let alone the own side of the ballot box 
So vote for that person. Vote for that voice. And you're not voting to take their ability to vote. You're voting to affirm your ability to vote. Use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. In the election, um, uh, last midterm, 2014, 2014 midterm, voter participation, okay, so eligible voters, people that were eligible to vote in America, we had a grand total of not 90% of eligible voters or 80%, which is what some countries get. Some countries get more like 70 really busy countries or I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what the causation is. But there are some countries that, you know, 60%. We had 37% of eligible voters actually cast a ballot in 2014. So if you wonder, if you wonder at all why the House and the Senate look the way they do, look back a couple years, Represent, representatives only have two-year terms. Okay? So, the people that were elected in those districts or were allowed to retain those districts, most of them got re-elected in the big wave because <clears throat> of, of the uh, presidential election in in 2016 there was a firming up of party lines and division along them and people you know running the ticket you know run, voting all along the line because that was the weird part about that election is that um, Trump had more of a strong impact on local races um, people sticking with their party lines than previous presidential it's like it's like the division between the two sides of the democrat or the republican and the, this false idea that there are only two sides that you can't even choose candidates from any other party like the democratic socialists of america or the green party you know like this whole idea that choosing any candidate that doesn't align with one of those two systems it's just, it, it, it's, you know, I'm all about the non-binary. I'm all about getting outside the binary. It's never just and or. Don't forget about the but. And, but, and or. There's always more than two choices. Oh... <sighs> So, my son turns 13 tomorrow, the clocks are turned back, and we vote on Tuesday. I think that's the basic summary <laughs> of what I'm talking about this morning. And I want you guys to know that I'm working on something. That's the other reason that I hadn't recorded anything the past couple of days, because I was doing a lot of technical stuff with my phone. I'm trying to... Um, I'm trying to take my old ceremonies that are recorded on video because I have, you know, throughout this process of um, spiritual healing, cultural recovery, I've been documenting as I've gone along, you know, when called. And I have quite a collection of ceremonial videos um, in, in my, in my, well, it's on my YouTube stuff it's on my youtube channel but um i think i have like nine subscribers so nobody's watching it there clearly um so i was thinking i could find a way to convert the video into audio and i've been working on that's like download an mp3 converter thingy and i did a sample um of like four minute one and I listened to it back and it seemed kind of quiet, but it seemed like it might work. The point is I've been fussing with it. I've been fiddling with it. I'm working on it. And hopefully when it's done, I'll have um, a 
a stream of ceremony so that you guys can listen to what it's like to work behind the temple veil. The veil is thin. The veil is very thin. Dia de los Muertos. All Souls Day. All Saints Day. We just had Halloween. The veil is still thin. And we're in a time of instant manifestation because it's the 11th month. It's November. And it's an 11-11 year. So 11-11-11-11. That's what we're all about right now. Um, yeah, so... There's just a lot there. There's a lot. I, I firmly believe it wouldn't have been recorded if it wasn't important. A lot of this stuff was recorded by accident. I didn't know the video was running at the time or something like that. And so I just, I don't know, for some reason I felt called to share some of this footage because I want to demystify it a little bit and I don't want people to be um, I don't want people to feel weird about being in ceremony I don't want people to feel weird about dropping into spiritual flow being in spiritual gesticulation or ecstasy I want people to understand that singing out crying out laughing out loud is all good and healthy for the human i have a lot of moments captured where that was happening where we feel the connection with spirit my temple sister and me so yeah i am going to be inviting you all to eavesdrop at the gate, you know, listen in at the side of the tent. I'm going to encourage you all to eavesdrop through the temple veil. And that's what I'm working on. That's why I haven't recorded. I'm sorry, not recorded. I, that's why I haven't uploaded um, any new episodes the past couple of days is because I'm working, quote, behind the scenes. There's deeper work being done. There's 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 deeper work being done and when it comes out I hope that you will really enjoy it and be comforted by it and that you that you will see that you're in temple space wherever you dwell too. Spirit finds us where we dwell. Spirit brings church to us where we are. It's just our attention. It's just our attentional focus. And whether we're attending to the material or to the spiritual. I just think that material is congealed spiritual energy. Material is just a condensation of spirituality. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's about that's about enough. That's almost an hour. People are going to start waking up soon. 639 Tesla. 369 the goose drank wine. I always think of that song whenever I see the 369 or the 639 as it is in this case. The numbers, the numbers. It's always about the numbers, guys. I told you I was hyperlexic. I'm always seeking pattern and looking for the meaning. If only I was actually good at math. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. That'll have to be enough. So I'm grateful for you all for listening. I am grateful for your patience when I don't um, have fresh content for you. I appreciate all of the beautiful collaborators that are speaking into the void with me and I pray that you'll add your voice to our number yes you I'm talking about you if you got that little twinge you got that little me yeah you message art bell is dead okay message them and say yeah I have something to say yeah I have something to sing yeah I have something to preach yeah I have something to ponder yeah I'm talking about you. Share your voice. 
reach out. And if it's a vo if your voice is a song, if your voice is music, if your voice is poetry, if your voice is a short story, if your voice is letters from your family, letters to your family, if your if your voice is reading a favorite passage from a book of poetry or your favorite novel, like whatever your voice wants to share is welcome and invited. Pull up a chair. Okay? And whether you do or don't, know that you're deeply loved by all of us. Deeply. And more voices are coming. With every moment, more being recorded and uploaded and shared. So, I'll say thank you to all of you for gifting us with the time of your attention. And I'll say Chihololi, for I do love you. And Chukma, Chipisalacho means hello. I will see you as the Chickasaw have no word for goodbye. Broke down, thought that I would drown Hoped I'd be found, for I hit the ground Sun is at the corner of my eye Yeah, saw you weeping, saw you creeping Saw you sneaking in the shadows long I feel so strong Saw you at the corner of my eye